have a timeout. Decide not to use it. Curry, way down top. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! Rebound box. Back out to Allen. History title. Bang! He's back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. Here's Middleton. Giannis trailing the lob. Welcome back to The Playbook, a podcast where we talk all about the NBA. I'm your host, Sal, joined by my co-host, Mark, as usual. How are you doing, Mark? I'm doing great. How are you, Sal? Great, great. Today we have an absolutely jam-packed week of NBA basketball. The regular season just came to an end for most teams, and there's really a lot of things to cover. History is being made. Uh, Players are getting injured at the wrong times, and some players may be coming back. So um, let's talk about one of the most hyped-up teams going into the season. As Kendrick Perkins said, this was a 70-win team. Um, The Los Angeles Lakers have officially missed the playoffs, and that was on Tuesday. Um, How are we feeling about that? Surprised. That's like... I mean, the 70-win thing was just stupid, but not even making the play-in tournament? I don't know. That's like... Playing should have been worst case scenario, and then you can bank on LeBron not letting the team miss the playoffs to carry them through that. But are they even going to finish as the 11th seed now? And I think this is probably like, what is it, the third? It's maybe the third time that LeBron hasn't led a team to the playoffs. I think he did it once on the Cavs, right, and then twice on the Lakers. Um, Yeah, but both both years on the Lakers, to be fair. Were injury, like, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. he's missing, especially um, the first one. Yeah, I mean, that's crazy going into the season. You know, you had three guys that were all-star talents and uh, didn't work out. Um, in that same game, paper. though, yeah, on paper. Um, in that same game uh, against the Suns, the Suns ended up getting a franchise record in wins, being 63, passing uh, two seasons that they've had 62 wins. One was with led by Steve Nash and one was led by Charles Barkley. And uh, I guess that's big for them. Uh, they're... Obviously, uh, maybe it might get more than... I think they already have more than 63 at the time of recording, but uh, yeah, historic year for the Suns. And... Uh, I, th- I think uh, I think Chris Paul actually has set the the record for wins with four teams now in a season. He has it with the Rockets when they went 165, yeah. 63 with the Suns now, the Clippers, and I'm pretty sure he has it with uh, the Hornets as well. Yeah, I'm not probably. certain, but I mean, he wins games. That's what pretty he does. Pretty crazy. That's he's he he's a winner. Best. Comes to your franchise like Thunder. Absolutely turns it around. Um, yep. That's a crazy year. Even just thinking about like Chris Paul and the Thunder is so weird to me. Like that's just so that year of basketball is just like forgettable to me. But um, like I just I, can't I don't, picture I don't, him. I, don't I can't picture him in a Thunder jersey anymore. But um, I don't want to harp on it too much, but. The fact that the Rockets had to give up picks and Chris Paul for a certain point guard in return is still just mind-blowing to me, but moving on. We've got some Westbrook talk for later. Um, and uh, Taylor Horton Tucker, um, this wasn't on the same game that the Suns played the Lakers, but uh, um, Taylor Horton Tucker ended up scoring 40 points and... I know a lot of Lakers fans going into the season were saying Taylor Horn Tucker is the next superstar, and they weren't willing to trade him in a package for Kyle Lowry. So um, I guess Taylor Horn Tucker finally did something this season. A little too late, though. Um, I still don't believe in you. So I don't know what your beliefs are in Taylor Horn Tucker, but I'd like to hear them. Um, I don't know. They're not as I'm not as high on him as some other some Lakers fans are, but. One interesting thing was that like this is one of one of the first games where he finally got to be like a primary creator. Now I'm not saying he's going to be a 40 point scorer every time you let him be a primary creator, but if you don't let him have the ball in his hands, then you can't expect too much from him. And in the times that he's had the ball in his hands, he's performed better than he did the rest of the season. So he, I I, th- I think he'll end up living up to that contract. I mean, it's not that big of one, anyways. I mean, like, yeah, he can be a decent like, role player, like a good quality starter. But oh, yeah, I don't think anything past that personally. Um, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to say. I think he's still only twenty years old. Is it? So he's got time yeah, he's on young. his hands. I think he's like twenty-one or twenty-two. But yeah, uh, you know, lots of time in the NBA to develop. So we'll see how he goes. Um, 
Former Lakers player Lonzo Ball is officially out the season, and this was expected. So there's not much to say about it. His, uh, I think it was his knee that he injured, right? Yeah. He hasn't responded it, well. And nope. uh, they tried to increase his workload, and it didn't work out. So he's going to be missing the season, rehabbing for next season. Um, another guy who uh, has a issue with his foot is Gordon Hayward in his left foot. Um he was being hoped to come back for the play-in tournament, um, and now he is being downgraded to out fully for the play-in, and he is getting, going to be in a boot for the next two weeks minimum. Uh, so they want to fully immobilize the use of his foot in hopes to maybe try and get him for the playoffs, which I'm hoping they don't make the playoffs, but we'll talk about that later as well. Um, how do you feel about Hayward? I feel so bad for this guy. I feel so bad for this guy. He was on the top Can't of the catch world. A break. Cannot catch a break. Signed that big contract with Boston. Thought he was thought he was gonna at least contend. And then he just like two minutes into his debut just oh it's that injury and then it just went downhill from there. He couldn't get healthy. Signs with the Hornets, starts playing well last season, gets injured this season. Doesn't play as well to be fair to him, but can't stay healthy so it's a little hard to get into the flow and the rhythm but can't help but feel bad for him yeah it really sucks that he's gonna end up having his career remembered for like lots of bad injuries and not the being one able to stay injury. healthy i mean like and big contracts yeah big contracts and missing games um we also have a few returns back into the NBA. Uh, Norman Powell is probably the biggest one this week, um, besides John Morant. But uh, someone that's missed a lot of time is Norman Powell, a key piece to this Clippers' deadly roster. And uh, he came back to play against the Suns. And I believe Mark has the stats if you would like to talk about uh, him. Dropped 24 off the bench in 24 minutes. But, I mean, he just adds to how dangerous of a of a roster this looks like for the Clippers off the bench. You have Norman Powell, you have Robert Covington, even Isaiah Harnstein, Terrence Mann. If they can get Kawhi back at some point. Next season, if they keep this whole roster and they're healthy, they are probably like a top three. They are a top three team in the West for sure, undoubtedly. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I mean, I wouldn't be totally surprised to see if the Clippers managed to make it out the first round. I would not be surprised to see like a Woj bomb saying that Kawhi is questionable for the next round. Um, he was in shoot around. Looks like he's kind of back into basketball activities as he has had the whole season to rehab his prior injury in the playoffs. But uh, I mean, that would be crazy. That team would automatically be like one of the favorites to make it out the West if they got Kawhi back. But right now, I, I see them as a second-round ceiling with the team that they have right now. Without Kawhi. Um, without Kawhi. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can get that. And a lot of it depends on matchups too, to be fair. But um, I, I don't know. Like defensively too, this lineup is going to be terrifying. I mean, you've got Paul George, Kawhi, obviously, but then you've also got Robert Covington, Nicholas Batum, Terrence Mann, and then you've got the scoring from the big two and Norman Powell off the bench. Even someone like Marcus Morris Seniors. Can do a little something, even though he's a little inconsistent. But it's such a well-constructed roster. It actually, like, the more you look at it, the more you realize how well put together it is. And they, I, they got Robert Covington, Norman Powell practically for free. So I don't know. It's I, I can't wait for next season. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, another player that would add to a insanely deadly contending team would be um, Ben Simmons, who is now on the trajectory to come back for the first round. Now, I personally don't like to engage in the Ben Simmons talk anymore because it seems like it's the same thing over and over again. But um, it seems that uh, after, if the Nets likely make the playoffs, um, Ben Simmons will be there. And I feel bad for whatever team plays them in the first round. Yeah. I, I like, it's just such an unfortunate situation to grind the whole season you finish as one of the top seeds and then you play a super team in the first round. Well, maybe not a super team, but a borderline super team. And then, uh, but did you hear what Giannis said in that interview? I think it was a post-game press conference where he talked about how he wants to, like, I I'm not sure what the question was from the reporter, but how he would just wants to face the best teams early. 
Because you're gonna have to that. face them. You're gonna have to face them at some point anyway, so I can see the logic in that. It's like you might as well get them out of the way now. Because the longer you wait, the longer, the more time you have to risk someone on your team getting injured, right? Yeah, for sure. And it's just that Nets team um, and the Bucks now have that rivalry that we've kind of seen blossom over the past uh, season. And I mean, maybe having the Bucks go against the Nets in what would it be like the first round, maybe. Um, would be good for the Bucks' sake because, you know, Ben Simmons is probably not the hardest guy to integrate into a team, but um, playing them while they've never played a game with Ben Simmons might be something that the Bucks could really take advantage of and see if there's any defensive miscommunications between, like, teammates and, I don't know, maybe they find holes in the, in the offense with Ben Simmons added to the team. I don't know. Yeah, um, the Nets are the seventh seed right now, and I don't think the, the Bucks could drop past the I mean below the second seed if I'm not mistaken but um if they if they don't and the Nets win the play in the first first attempt then that will be the first round series which is incredible I don't want to wait until the second or the conference finals to see a good playoff series um like they have in the first round sometimes with the one and eight seed two and seven seed which is four or five game series yeah uh that's about it for I guess returns um, lots of play and talk that we're going to get into later for sure. Um, I'd like to talk about a little uh, Indiana Pacers news uh, as this is my favorite team. Uh, I'd like to talk about the two rookies that the Pacers have recently signed for multi-year deals. Uh, it seems well, it's that time of the season where teams are making final adjustments and signing players to longer contracts like the Lakers did with Wenyon Gabriel, which I, I thought was a pretty good move for them. Um, because I did like Wenyon when he was on the Blazers. I watched him and saw one game of him, and I was like, man, this guy looks like he's got some decent potential. But um, anyways, back on the topic. Uh, Dwayne Washington and Terry Taylor have been great for the Pacers, nearly averaging 10 points each, and Terry Taylor being a 6'6 guy who led the G League in rebounds at one point uh, when he was on the Mad Ants. Uh, is pretty very impressive, and uh, he's shown that he can still get lots of rebounds in the NBA. I mean, he had one game where he had like 20 and 15, which was pretty cool. Uh, that was a, a couple months ago, I think. But yeah, like this is a guy that can play basically any position except for point guard, which is pretty cool to say. I mean, you could put him in a small ball five, and uh, I mean, it could work. But I mean, he's inexperienced, but you know, um, it's a good pickup for the Pacers, and it's a good guy to lock down because this is a young team, and you want to secure as many guys that can have some sort of potential going forth when they want to compete or trade away players. I mean, one thing to keep in mind is how most of these deals are non-guaranteed. So there's really no risk involved for these NBA teams. Like, let's say, I'm not sure about specifically about the Terry Taylor deal, but uh, if let's say next season they're like, you know what, we're not interested anymore. If it's a non-guaranteed deal, then they don't have to worry about the cap hit. But uh, speaking of Pacers cap hits... One ends after today, doesn't it? Yeah, Monte Ellis uh, is no longer being paid by the Pacers. Uh, after, I think it was like four seasons of him on the books for about $2.5 million each year. Oh, man, that's a running joke in the Pacers community, but uh, Monte Ellis is finally off the books, and I mean that's $2 million that Pacers can use somewhere else. Um, I actually just pulled up uh, Dwayne Washington's contract here that he's gotten, so... This year he was making just under a million dollars. Next year he is getting one and a half mil, and the year after that he's getting one point eight mil. Um, twenty twenty two twenty three is non guaranteed, and twenty twenty three twenty four is also non guaranteed, but it becomes guaranteed partially through the season if they choose to keep him past a certain date. So, if. yeah, and it's looking pretty likely because. He's he's a good player for he has been a great player for them this year. Um, had a good game today actually. So yeah, um, I'd like to talk about the abysmal lineup that the Thunder and Blazers both rolled out in the same game against each other. These are two teams that are at the bottom of the league, and um, each team rolled out. Uh, I think the only guy I knew going into this game was Isaiah Roby. And C.J. Ellaby, I think, were the two guys that I could think of. Um, I need to look at the Blazers, but I know the only guy I knew on the Thunder was Isaiah Roby. And a guy named Jalen Horde ended up getting a 2020 game for the Thunder, uh, which is uh, pretty crazy. 
if you ask me, a guy that's debuting in the starting five for getting a twenty twenty game. Absolutely. Anyone ridiculous. getting a twenty twenty game is pretty nuts. Not just not just this guy, but especially yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, you don't know crazy. you don't know Georgios Calais. Oh, I also knew Vit. Uh there's this guy Calais named Vit Vit something. Uh, oh, uh, what's uh, what's his name? Vit something like that. Definitely this, butchered this is, it. This is but... the true NBA silly season. That's what this is. This is yeah. the definition of silly season. <laughs> um, Thunder did roll out a guy named Xavier Simpson, uh, and this guy is six foot guard. I mean, like barely scratching six feet, and he is known for hook shots and being an elite hook artist, which is kind of funny. Um, his nickname is Dr. Hook, which I found out a while ago. And, um, yeah, I mean, this guy in the G League, you can see his highlights where he just gets to the rim and he just shoots a little Kareem up hook. Reminds and me of just, someone I know. It's, it's pretty weird. Reminds me of someone I know. I wonder if he backs down people a foot taller than him too and tries to go for a little little drop of the shoulder and then hook shot like like uh, like another guy on this on this podcast. Really? I didn't even know I did that myself. You didn't know you did that? Um, I did not know I did that. Um, I, I'd like you to talk about a guy on the Nets, speaking of guys that aren't very good. Who was who is no longer on the Nets. Hence why I said Keep was. Okay. But uh, <laughs> James I, Johnson. I, I, I'd like you to talk about James Johnson here. He was like a bottom one player in the NBA for a little bit. Um, he provided absolutely zero value to any NBA franchise defensively, which is what kept him in the league for a little while. It had just fallen off. It had just fallen out the window. He looked so clueless on defense. He did had it was it seemed like he had no idea what he was supposed to be doing on the ball. He was still the I'll be generous below average player he'd been for most of his career, but. And then he obviously wasn't doing anything on offense like he has the rest of it. But, I mean, it's not really too much to say. He just wasn't good enough to be on an NBA roster anymore. So he isn't on one. Yeah, he is uh, off it. And the Nets ended up uh, keeping Kessler Edwards, which is uh, cool for him. I mean, he's a rookie averaging about six and three and a half. Um, And he started a bunch of games for the Nets, at least when KD was gone. He was starting for quite a while. Had a few pretty good games, shown a little bit of promise for them. Maybe he's a guy that they keep on the end of their bench to see if maybe he can develop into something. I mean, it's worth a shot, but... With the amount of money he's probably making... Better than James Johnson, you know? You can't get any worse than that. And uh, he actually, he still plays minutes. Like, Kessler, he actually plays, like, a a good amount of minutes sometimes. So, it's not a guy that's just going to sit on the bench like Blake Griffin or, you know... I wonder if Blake Griffin's even going to get signed for next year with that team. Oh, I, I doubt sure it. What his contract's I, I doubt like, it. But I doubt he it. Totally he totally fell off he too. Just calls it a career just... too. No way. He's not that old, is he? Yeah, but like, I don't know. Like, how much interest does other teams have? Probably yeah, not a lot. He's only thirty-three. But... He's only thirty-three. He could he could probably get a deal somewhere else. He'll probably get a deal somewhere else, but I mean, maybe he just doesn't want to keep ruining his legacy. But um... what legacy? He's still making twenty-nine and a half million dollars from the Pistons this season. What? Yeah, I did not know but that. He got the. It, it, I thought it was more, but then he took like a little bit of a pay cut so they could buy him out so we could go to the Nets. I believe it was something like that, or maybe that was the season. No, he last got signed season. for five years, one seventy three in twenty seventeen. Yeah. And then, uh, and I guess this is the last year of that that contract. So on top of the two point six million he's making from the Nets, he's making another twenty nine point seven million from the Pistons. Which is and uh, he's getting thirty million dollars from sitting on the uh, Brooklyn Nets bench, which is pretty cool. Um, that sounds like sounds like enough. a dream job to me. But uh, hey, I, I would take one hundredth of that amount. Yeah, me to too. Do absolutely nothing. <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't? Best best oh, seats in the house. Um, yeah, and speak... you get to be on the, go in the locker room and all that. You got to be friends yeah. with KD, Kyrie. Yeah, be friends cool. with KD, Kyrie. If only um, Theo Pinson was still on that team, then being on the bench would even be even the hype more fun. man. Hype then it'd be even more fun to be on the bench. I wonder Jared what Dudley. To that guy. Jared Dudley. Um, uh, I don't know if I'd want to sit on the same bench as Jared Dudley. Theo Pinson. Well, he's a coach now, so. Right, he is a coach now. For the Mavs, yeah. 
Yeah, he's um, what has some like weird role. This player assistant development thing. Um, I want to talk job. about this Bucks Celtics game that I watched, and I found it pretty entertaining. I thought it was the highlight of the week in terms of games. Um, so this was a game where, um, I believe it was Tatum wasn't playing, so it was a big Marcus Smart show. And he was absolutely cooking. I think he had um, something like 30 points. Um, and he was like efficiently too, efficient too. He's playing really good defense. Uh, and same with Jalen Brown. He had a triple-double. And he had a really crazy defensive stop against Giannis where he chased him down on a layup and blocked him, which was pretty crazy. I mean, not a lot of people can stop Giannis going to the rim. So uh, that was really impressive to me. Um, I also liked what Bobby Portis was able to do in this game, knocking down threes and being able to create a lot of space uh, when being passed to in the corner. Like there's one specific play where Giannis drove and just drove through three people, kicks it out to Bobby in the corner, pump fakes, defender jumps, does a sidestep, and it's like splash from three. And that was pretty pretty satisfying. I like that. Um, and I found that um, the Celtics really lacked a lot of offensive rebound like uh, control. Like they couldn't stop the Bucks from getting offensive rebounds, which is obviously something that Robert Williams did. And also pick-and-roll defense was also a little bit lackluster for the Celtics is why the Bucks ended up winning um, because Drew Holiday had a big um, – he missed a layup and he was able to get his own rebound and put it back uh, for two. So, yeah, I mean, the, the fallout of this game was the Celtics defense, defense inside, which – you can expect when you have Daniel Tice playing massive minutes for the team. Uh, and Yeah, Daniel Whoa. Tice is playing is big minutes. He's not that bad. Yeah, well, he's, he blew, he's, he's he blew a potential game-tying layup um, at the very end of the game. Wide-open layup. Um, it happens, but that has nothing to do with his defense. He's he's a good player. I remember, like, he, he, like I, I knew right once the Rockets signed him in the offseason. I thought he was good before the Rockets signed him. Yeah, and he still is good. I don't they know. If he, si- yeah. They signed him. Be- Honestly, I'm I'm certain that when they signed him, they they knew very well that uh, he would not see out the season on the team, and they just end up trading him at the deadline for some type of compensation, which is exactly what they did. Like contenders were interested in him in reason because he's a fairly versatile five who can take a three pointer. Was he on the Bulls at some point this season? I swear this he was. Season? I Daniel swear. Tice. Daniel Tice I was swear. Not on the Bulls. Was he only on the Rockets and the Celtics? He was on the Bulls last season. What, on the Bulls? Yeah, he was on the okay, Rockets, that's Rockets what I was... this season. Uh, yeah. He just stole minutes from Sengen, which was awful. Yeah, that was And then dumb. he got traded to the Celtics. Uh, he was yeah, starting he was... for a while, though, for the Rockets, wasn't he? Yeah, for I think he played like... I think he started more than 20 games for the Rockets yeah. at the start of the year for whatever reason. It Very made absolutely weird. no sense at the time. The signing never made sense. I don't it even did think not. That, they already had that, like Christian Wood and they drafted two centers in the draft. If you want to consider Usman a draft uh, a center. Yeah. Which I think you would. Um, yeah, he's not skilled enough to play anywhere else. He hasn't got really any minutes. I don't even know. Does he get minutes on the Rockets? Yeah, he's starting to get minutes towards the end of the season like most of the young guys. Uh, for whatever reason, it took Steven Silas like 60 games to start playing the young guys it doesn't make any sense uh, I'm not just I'm not talking about like Jalen Green because he was obviously going to play but for people like Sangin Knicks like Deshaun Knicks uh, guys like that I don't understand why they weren't getting significant minutes from the jump but yeah I like whatever. what I saw from that Knicks guy I actually uh, when they Deshaun were playing Knicks. the Pacers he's playing pretty good um, he's, he's a chunky guard yeah, he's he was. He's thick. Guard. I thought he was he's a. Like I thought six, he was a big guy, but he's not big. No, he's like six five, two thirty yeah. or something like yeah. that. Like he's a thick guard, and uh, I he was. I hear about how he was doing in the. G, I'm not watching any G League games. I'm not gonna lie to anyone, but I would hear that in the G League he just be laughed at because he was so thick, but he would also be really good, way better than everyone else, which is always good. I mean, he averaged twenty three and eight in the G League, which is pretty cool, but. I, he hasn't been too good in the league so far. I don't know about that Pacers game specifically, but yeah. Well, you mentioned the name Jalen Green, and I, I think he just had a career night tonight. Uh, as 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 of the time of recording, um, what was it forty points? Forty one. Forty one right. points. Forty one points. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's just gone up another level since the All Star break. Since the All Star break, he's just become a totally different player. 
Uh, I'm not just talking about his scoring-wise. He's starting to read defenses better. He's reading off the pick-and-roll a little better. Defensively, he's still just as mediocre as he has been the whole time, but I'm not expecting too much more from him. And the scoring, just like... that. I mean, that's what he was drafted for, because he was drafted for his ability to put the ball in yeah. the basket, right? Mm-hmm. And he's doing a whole lot of that now. I think well, he's, he's showing of, he's probably the best scorer in this draft. Yeah. Quite, quite I, run away. At this point, like in the past, like, I don't know. Yeah, for sure. 10, um, 10 something I th- games. I think he's like the la- last rookie since Allen Iverson, was it, to score 30 in like four or five straight games? Yeah, five straight games, I believe it was. Is since last one since AI, and that's just the type of player he is. I mean, he is that versatile scorer who, I don't want to quite call him a three-level scorer yet, but if you look ever since February 17th, so the last 23 games, he's averaging 21 three and three on uh near 50 50 40 75 splits so he's there's something there i'm not gonna lie i i wasn't too happy when he was drafted by the rockets i still think that they could have drafted the guy right after evan mobley instead and that would have been a much better pick but there's a little something there with Jalen green yeah I'm, i'm very happy for you uh i mean i know you were stressing a lot about Jalen Green at the start of the season and how rocky he, he was terrible he started like he was bad he and, was terrible um, like, I mean I, 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 at least I, you I, get a little relief in these past 20 or so games and Kevin Porter Jr. has also stepped it up a Kevin lot Kevin Porter Jr. has also stepped and, it up a lot but I need to put some more emphasis on how terrible Jalen Green was at the, at the start of the season when I'm watching this guy he did not look like even like a high school varsity caliber basketball player he looked like this was like one like he he always had the like smoothness to the way he moved and all that because he's just a natural athlete that's just straight up that's i mean i feel like most people have seen that clip of like him against the nets catching that pass reaching way Mm. up but he's just this crazy athlete but he looked like he had never played basketball before in his life he obviously has i'm not not stupid but i mean now he's he can put the ball in the basket and really Basketball comes down to which team can put more balls in the basket more. Now, obviously, it's a bit more nuanced than that, but whoever scores the most points at the end of the game wins. That is true. That is true. And, you know, Jalen Green's probably going to be the franchise guy for that Rockets team for quite a while. I sure hope not. Because if J- I, 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 I'm still at like, least a few years. I mean, I mean I you'll probably hit in the draft again. You're going to hit in the draft again, right? So I can't possibly see a team ever at any point winning a championship with a Jalen Green type player as your best as not your as best the number option. one no I, I mean, can like, see him as a number two like really maybe. really Jalen Green is going to be like a Zach Levine type player like that's that. be better I mean, than honestly, that I think he can be better than that I think I think not as a scorer but as a scorer and playmaker he can be a little closer to DeMar DeRozan who actually became a really good passer in San Antonio. Now he doesn't have the mid-range game that DeRozan has. That that's not what I'm talking. That's not what I'm referring to. I'm just referring to how he can be this really good scorer as well as this really good passer for a team, which Demar slowly became in San Antonio and he's carried on with it in Chicago. I think that's I think that's probably best case scenario for Jalen Green, and that's not a championship driving force. I mean, you have years of being bad left for the Rockets. Oh, yeah. Uh, especially because I can't really see Christian Wood being there any much longer. And He wasn't helping much anyways. You're going to hit. You're going to hit in this draft and maybe not. Bit, I don't know about this draft. I can't predict the future where the pick's going to fall, but um, at least in the next few drafts, uh, you, the Rockets are going to be a top like one to like seven team for the next foreseeable future so um, yeah but you know what the problem with that is they gave up all their picks to the thunder do they not have any of their when do they, they lose have their picks this year is the last year for a while that they have them no matter what after this season so most of them protected? are top most of them are top like top four protected Ooh, yikes so really if you fall to, to five you... you lose it and at a, you can't like you can't keep going for like this like bottom seed in the NBA forever. Like, yeah, obviously. Real, Players don't want to be there. Real well, it doesn't matter for the young guys that have to be there because they're signed under contract for like four years. But realistically, this the plan is probably for this to be the last season. They're the bottom of the NBA. Because I can see that. I can see this, that. This they this year is the they were at the bottom of the NBA for the second year in a row. 
And this year it makes sense because you had the pick no matter what, so you want to try to you want to try to make it high. So maybe the next ones that you may not have aren't as valuable of picks. Like uh, maybe like a t borderline top ten pick is the goal, but they're not going to be that good. I'm not going to be naive. Um, but yeah, it's it's just it's a scary time. Like even last season in the draft, if they dropped out of the top four, they would have lost the pick too. So if they felt yeah, to five, yeah, I remember that. I remember you talking they, about that. If they fell to five, they wouldn't have they wouldn't have had the pick. It would have gone to the Thunder, and the Thunder could have potentially had five and six. Which is crazy. Which, so, Sam Presti needs some type of award statue. I don't know what. If any of these rocket picks hit, any mm. of them hit. Yeah, yeah, big, big, big finesse trade. If you look back at it. Um, so let's talk about, I mentioned earlier at the very start of this episode that there's a lot of history that went down uh, recently. Uh, we've got, I think, four different things I'd like to mention that are kind of historic. Um, I'm going to start off with Jokic. Uh, he was the first player in NBA history to record 2,000-plus points, 1,000-plus rebounds, and 500-plus assists in a single season. Is this your MVP? This is by far the MVP. You can confidently say that? If he doesn't win MVP, it's going to be... Like, I thought when Harden didn't win the MVP, Giannis's first one, that was a terrible robbery. This is way worse. I think there's a clear cut here with Jokic. Personally. All right. Because the stuff he's had to put up with this season, with uh, the health of his team, that's that's true. That's that that's a big factor in my opinion. To his whole like campaign for the MVP is definitely the players that he's lost. And now forget that even. Just look at him as an individual. Yeah, he's crazy, insane. I mean, how do you like? How are you possibly supposed to play? Like, what do you do against this guy when you see him? Well, he's putting him like things like twenty-seven, fourteen, and eight. Those are stupid yeah. numbers. Yeah. Those 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 numbers should not be put up by anyone. It's ridiculous. If a player puts that up in a game, that's lauded as like some incredible performance, and he's doing that across an eighty-two game season. Now I'd and like to mention that his his counterpart. Uh, if you have one more thing to say about Jokic right now, I'll let you do that quickly. Before he's become I... he's become a good defensive player. I don't care how uncoordinated he looks. I don't care how just mishmash he makes it out to appear while he's playing. He has become a net positive defensive player for the for the Nuggets this season. And he was all, all he was already on the he was already on the up. People just clowned on how terrible he was defensively honestly probably because he was just chunky and he just didn't look like he was playing defense probably. which is like which okay whatever but he hasn't been that bad for the last few years and this season he's actually taken another big step in that aspect so he he is in, he's incredible he's the best big in this league so speaking of best big in this league I'd like to mention, not that he's not the best big in this league, I'd like to mention a guy that has been up for the talks of best big in the league as well. Uh, some would say that this is Jokic's counterpart in the NBA, I guess, would be Joel Embiid. He made history. Um, he got the scoring title for this season, officially, and he is the first center since Shaquille O'Neal in 1999-2000 to get a scoring title as a center. Um, and I guess this year has been kind of the year of the big man. I mean, yeah, good for him. I, I mean, he's, he's probably I'm not going to win. He's not going to win MVP, but I mean, he at least he's, he's coming MVP. out of the season with something that's kind of pretty. I mean, a scoring title is impressive obviously extremely impressive for yeah. anyone. Uh, I don't know. I'm just, I, I, I'm not moved. I like, obviously I'm not denying how impressive it is, but. In comparison to someone like Jokic, I just I just don't think it's particularly close. Yeah, uh, one thing I think I think the only other option is Giannis. If you're even gonna try and debate Jokic, it's it's Giannis is the only guy you can kind of bring up in that conversation. Yeah, 
that's fair. That that's fair. Um, I don't know. I would still like. I think there's a tier one and a tier two, and the tier one is Jokic and the tier two is Giannis and Embiid. Um, but really, there's a tier one. He should be winning it. I think he will win it. Uh, I mean that first player, two thousand points, one thousand rebounds, five hundred assists is incredible. I think the closest thing we have to that is I think Russ one year. Yeah, but he had less two, assists. I two, think it was no rebounds. Definitely. Or, rebounds. Oh, it was rebounds. Sorry, that's yeah, what it was. It was. I think rebounds. it was the first triple double year. It was eight hundred rebounds. It was eight hundred. Two thousand eight hundred assists. Yeah. 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 Which is also with like a thousand turnovers as well. I think <laughs> something well, like that. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't know. I'm I'm not like high turnover numbers. I'm at the point now where high turnover numbers don't really sway it's me. It's not they really don't a put big deal. Off. Because when you consider how much a player is doing outside of that, I mean, when a player is put in a certain position, they're bound to get turnovers, just regardless. Like, look at all the ball-dominant guys. Obviously, you have the exceptions like Chris Paul, like these ball-dominant playmakers. Chris Paul's the exception. But they're all high turnover guys, which is fine. I mean, that's just the pace that the NBA is moving at now. Yeah, you have these higher numbers, but that comes with the drawbacks of higher turnovers. So, I don't know. It's kind of a... I get. In certain situations, it can be a fair critique because they can. Every player makes stupid turnovers, but overall, it's not really that important. I don't think. Yeah, I just saw that stat, and I remember someone commenting something like he also had this many turnovers. So I thought that was pretty pretty funny. Um, yeah. But I, I do like Westbrook, so. You do. Um, I, I like him. Yes, as a uh, as a basketball player. Yeah. Can't relate. Um. <laughs> I know, I know you have some sour history with Russ as a Rockets fan, but um, let's talk about a uh, former champion right now, Danny Green. He finally gets his finals ring given to him 1,030 days after winning the Raptors championship in, what was it, 2019? Mm, yeah. That, that is, that's crazy because every time they've had to play the Raptors, there was something like it was postponed or it wasn't or the Raptors were in Tampa and all this other stuff right yeah I mean first there was the bubble the bubble and then uh, yeah. then Tampa then the Tampa year and now this year I guess first home game that Danny was present for well first Toronto home game that Danny was present for yeah he finally got his ring I guess I, I don't there's not really too much to say about it but it's the fall off I feel like Danny it's probably kind of I feel like it's kind of weird Picking up your ring like three years three later. Three years later, yeah. Like two teams have won NBA championships since you, you won that ring. Like two more teams. Those entire rosters have gotten their rings. And now you're getting yours from 20. I feel like it's kind of awkward. Personally. I, I like if... He, he knows if it's I was, funny. He knows it's yeah, funny. He gets, he's getting he, I'm sure there's the community later. side of it. But like if I was Danny and I'm just standing in the middle of the court like hoisting this ring over my head... It's just kind of uncomfortable. And another thing is, like, the whole getting rings while you're on a new team. Yeah, I don't get that. I don't know why I, they I wait. Under- Shouldn't they I get the rings the night that they win the championship? What? No, you can't do that because you don't start – you don't even order the rings until later. Well, I, I, yeah, I guess. Because you don't – like, it's not like in other sports where you have medals – it's the same medal for which either team. So, yeah. okay, you just give those out. But these rings are customized for the team. But I feel like it's just kind of weird. Like, like let's, let's say, like, Danny, when he won that ring, he then goes to the 76ers locker room. I think there should just be, like, a um, – after the championship or whatever, when there's a championship parade and all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Shouldn't they just be awarded them when they're in that huge – like, I know after the Raptors won, there's, like, that big stage with, like – there's that iconic. This is one of the best NBA pictures of all time. That picture of Kawhi with all the fans in his glasses reflection. That is insane. Yeah. That's an insane picture. Yeah. They should have got the championship rings then. Well, they always do with the banner, right? Yeah, it was. That I was... guess that's all the like championship memorabilia. I guess in a way. But yeah. um, yeah, no, I feel like it's just kind of like imagine like you, especially the way they won that. Cha- like, don't forget what who the Raptors beat on route to that championship. 76ers uh, and and especially the fashion that they beat the 76ers in like do you do do you not remember that and that... Embiid crying exactly that's that's the weird like Danny Green comes into the locker room with that ring Embiid obviously sees it 
I don't know. It just, it's just be a weird situation. I, I would just be awkward. I think. Of course, of course, yeah, it's awkward. He's de like, he's probably not over it. I mean, it probably still bothers him for obvious, like for understandable reasons. I mean, you just lost a potential chance at a championship in that fashion a few years ago. It takes time to get over, especially if you haven't won one since. So. That is true. Um, I think the last thing that is historic that happened this week is another Pacers-related thing. Buddy Heel has now overtaken Zach Levine for the most games played um, with no playoff appearances in between any of those games. Uh, so that would be Buddy Heel getting, getting to 468 games played without making the playoffs in any of those seasons. That sucks. How that many years really do you sucks. think it'll take him to get to the playoffs? Or do you think he can... Uh, I think he gets traded next season to a playoff team. I think he gets traded next season to a team that makes the playoffs. So I think next year he'll finally break the streak. Do you remember when... Uh, first he was on the Pelicans. Yeah, Pelicans. And then he was part Kings. of that boogie trade. And do you remember how, what the Suns? Oh, I'm sorry, not Suns. The Kings owner talked to him about. It. He was like, "It's like you're the next Stephen Curry, pretty much." I like, never I'm, knew I'm this. Like, like I'm gonna get you on my team. Like, really? He told that to Buddy. You but wasn't say, can... wasn't when they traded for Boogie? Wasn't that whole trade centered around to get Tyreek Evans? Um, I don't think so. Well, the Kings yeah, traded Vivek, Vivek uh, Rana Dives reported fixation on guard Buddy Heald might have included some tampering. So, uh, yeah, yeah, wanted him during Pelican stint. So in the, I guess I assume during a game or something like that. Uh, oh, Sacramento were was praying Heald would fall to the Kings in the draft. He didn't end up falling to the Kings. And then, uh, and then the King's owner, I assume during a game, uh, said, we're still going to get you to Buddy Heald while he was on the Pelicans. And Buddy Heald got traded in the middle of his rookie season, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So, I mean, he got his guy. And then he traded him away a few years later. But For Justin just... Holiday. And uh, DeMontis Bonus. Oh, my God. Um, Tyrese Halbert. Yeah, Anyways. great trade. Um, no, but it's just fun. It's just kind of. And funny in to in me. the same in the same game that Buddy Heald broke this, uh, or it actually was the game after he broke this record uh, against the Nets, which happened a few hours ago. Um, Kevin Durant had a triple double, uh, career high, sixteen assists. Uh, just more Kevin Durant things. I, I really couldn't tell you. I, I mean, he was a bad. He was bad like from the field today. Um, very inefficient, but the, the the assist numbers were very high. His playmaking was very elite today, and Kyrie Irving just absolutely masterclass against the Pacers today. Um, I feel like everyone has a masterclass. Everyone the has a masterclass against the Pacers, um, and I think that's it for most of NBA related news. But we do have some rumors uh, about Russell Westbrook, which we did say we'd talk about earlier. Um, the Knicks, Rockets, and Hornets are all interested in Russ, apparently, uh, according to a Lakers. Was he an insider or reporter, you said? A beat writer. Jovan uh, Jovan Buha. Buha. Um, I know that the Hornets was confirmed by Bleacher Report, but the Rockets and Knicks are added by this um, reporter. And uh, we've talked all about Westbrook's skill as a player and obviously if he should be in the NBA on if NBA any NBA team would even want him but uh, let's talk about these three teams and what you could see them wanting Russell Westbrook for I think the easiest one to talk about right now is the Rockets because they'd probably just be taking salary right but I think honestly I think including the Rockets is lazy reporting I don't believe this one in the slightest with the Rockets uh trading like okay the only possible realistic route this could possibly go is john wall it is the only way uh maybe if you could somehow manage to fit like eric gordon christian wood and still you'd need to fill up more salary 
because I think that only takes you to like 33 million a year and Russ is making near 50. So that's also one work. So it's really just John Wall, which yeah. isn't going to happen. If that was going to happen, it would have happened already at the deadline. Uh, it doesn't make any sense for it to happen now. So, and especially with how reports also came out like last week when John Wall accepted his player option or picked it up, how they're going to negotiate a buyout if they can't get a trade. That one, I think that one is like you might as well throw that one out. The, the Rock, he's not Russell Westbrook is not getting traded back to the Rockets no matter what. I don't, I don't think it'll happen either. I think it's pretty unrealistic. Um, and then the Knicks is super weird. I uh, guess it would. Be I think Randall the Hornets is the weirdest one, but let's talk about the Knicks first. Um, I guess the Knicks one would be Randall centered, but that, I just don't understand that. I think it would be a direction of giving RJ the ball every time, but then getting Westbrook, would you just sit him like you did to Kemba? Um, I'm honestly, I'm, I'm not sure. Like I, I don't really understand. I guess the logic with the Randall with, if you trade Randall, Randall still is going to be making money for another four years after this. Yeah. And Russ is done after the next season. Mm-hmm. So, if they can somehow manage to dump Randall and Fournier, which is not going to happen, uh, at least I hope the Lakers don't take that because I don't care how bad Russell Westbrook is, that would be terrible. Uh, if they can dump both Randall and Fournier for Russ, then I, I would do it personally if I were the Knicks, get the money off your books by next season. But otherwise, like, I, I don't really see how this is going to happen personally. I can't remember. Were were Julius Randle and AD on the Pelicans at the same time, or was there a year difference? Because um, he was a Pelican for one year before he went to the Knicks, I believe. He was. That was... Let's see. I, yeah, it was an Anthony Davis here. It was? That was an Anthony Davis here. Yeah, so... Which is I, 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 I don't know. Weird. I don't but, think that's uh, solving the Lakers' issues if they're. No, it doesn't make any sense for any team. No. It, it doesn't make it doesn't make sense. I like for the Knicks, it makes more sense than Lakers. Yeah. Because then, okay, now you're off the salary, and the Knicks are really in no rush to do anything because RJ's fairly young. Even though I don't think you're going anywhere with RJ Barrett, but that's for another time. Um. Yeah, uh, and then we have the Hornets. Just, that that's the weirdest one. This is the worst one. Why would you get Russell Westbrook to slow down the progression of Lamelo Ball? I I don't get it. I really this is, this is do not understand it one. at all. You have by Terry Rozier. You have Lamelo Ball. Um, Bridges. Bridges, but I'm thinking guard play. Who do they have? You, well, they just drafted Book Knight last season. Book Knight, yeah, Book Knight, yeah. Who they've, who's they've barely played. But... I'd be playing Book Knight instead of Westbrook, like. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have to think for a young team too. like that, and a team that plays so like the, I like yes, they play fast. I don't care if Russell Westbrook plays fast; he doesn't play that well. That's the thing. Like, sure, he fits the fast pace that the Hornets operate at, but also the salary. Like, you're gonna have to give up some of your best guys. Uh, I don't know how interested the Lakers are in Gordon Hayward. Yeah, that's what you'd be. That's be the because he's piece, got right? long. Ter- he's got long term money. Right? Yeah. He's got money for years left. Just but he's not sense. playing. He's not I can't healthy. see Westbrook being moved to any team next season. I think he's going to no, stay I on the Lakers. I wouldn't be surprised if he's traded, but I don't know how many situations there are that make sense for either team. Um, yeah, I, I like the only the only positive of the Russell's contract is how there's just the one year left. So like after this season, no matter what, you don't have to pay him. I mean, maybe he just declines this offer. I, think, I, I, I feel unrealistic. like he already picked it. I feel like but he already he, picked it up. But he why said he didn't want to be a Laker next year. No, he didn't. Yeah, I thought he did. I said there was mutual interest between him and oh, well, I, maybe the agent said but, that or something. But um, still, he's in an open market. He's maybe getting like six million dollars. I don't think he's turning down almost fifty. I think he's getting ten plus. Uh, yes. Maybe on a one-year deal. On a two-year deal. No way, no. Two chance. year, like I could see, like a two year twenty four thing. No chance. It's a, second year, maybe as a team option. Yeah, maybe. Um, but uh, at this point, no, he's not getting any money. So 
he's picking up that option if he hasn't already. I don't know. But I don't think there's anything else to talk about with the, Russ. The, the only thing that I could see with the Hornets, though, which really shouldn't be a factor, but Michael Jordan is like the worst front office guy in NBA history. Hey, probably. he's a Jordan athlete. That's what I'm saying. That could be the, the motivator. Why not? why not? The motivating, the driving force in the trade to the Hornets, which would be terrible. Uh, if they do that, the NBA probably needs to investigate Michael Jordan for sabotaging a franchise. Weirdly enough, his franchise, but sabotaging it, yeah, for no good reason. So that's the only it's not even logical. That's the only like reason I could see for that happening. Yeah, it's funny. I think talking about Westbrook at this point is beating a dead horse. Um, yeah. And we'll talk about him when more updates come out, but really there's nothing else to talk about him. But recently, since all the games have finished today, uh, officially the play-in tournament has been set. The yeah, yeah, it's been set. But there's still more games left today. I but the ones that contribute to the play-in tournament have yeah. been finished. That that's what I'm kind of talking about. But uh, as of right now, the East and the West has been set. Uh, in the East, you have the Brooklyn Nets and the Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, which Brooklyn would be seven, Cleveland would be eight. They would be playing uh, for the seven seed, and the loser goes to play the winner of the Atlanta Hawks, which are the nine seed, and the Charlotte Hornets, who are the ten seed. That's out east. And then out west, you have Minnesota, the seven seed, versus the Clippers, who are the eight seed. And they're playing the – and they and then the winner of that goes seven, and then the loser plays uh, the winner of New Orleans, who would be the nine seed, and San Antonio, who would be the ten seed. One thing about the west, what's happening in the west and the plan. So if you look at the east, seventh and tenth seed are separated by one game. Yeah. But then if you look in the west – just the seventh and the eighth seed are separated by five games. And then eighth and ninth is another five. And it's this crazy. is just so unfair to the Timberwolves. I like the plan. I like the concept. I think that there are situations where the, the team that ends up finishing the tenth seed could be just as good as the eighth seed. If like in a non plan setting. But I feel like at a certain point, if there's enough of a gap between a team and the teams behind it, they should just get in. Oh, like for the sure. Timberwolves, the Timberwolves being 10 games ahead of the ninth seed, they should not be at risk of not making the playoffs. Like, at How a many games point, did you say there was between the Clippers and the Hornets? I mean, the, sorry, not the Hornets. Clippers Pelicans? and Timberwolves. Uh, Clippers Pelicans. and Pelicans is another five. Timberwolves yeah. and Clippers is five, and then Clippers and Pelicans is another five. So at that point, I'd say that the West doesn't need a play-in tournament. Exactly. But the like, East does. I, the East does. The East absolutely does. But it should the be East. something where there's a limit. Like if you're over five, five or more games ahead of the seed below you, there shouldn't be a play-in no, tournament. You should be in because the the Timberwolves and the Clippers are the two best teams, like For sure. out of the four. Yeah. But there's a there's a there's a possibility that only one of them makes it. Exactly. And uh, I I mean like imagine if you're the Timberwolves. You, you play the plan, okay, you lose the tight game to the Clippers, who really aren't as bad as their records show, especially with Paul George back. Yeah. And then uh, and then you face the Pelicans in the next in the next round, who are I'm fairly confident will beat the Spurs. The Pelicans have offensive firepower. CJ McCollum, Jonas Valanciunas, Brandon Ingram. They could just get hot. So it seems like the West is a lot more predictable than the East. So I think we should talk about... Let's actually predict. I know you were just getting on to this, but let's predict a set in stone a prediction that you have for the Western Conference play-in tournament. Western Conference uh, in the 7-8 game. I'm going to pick the Clippers to beat the Timberwolves. And then in the 9-10, the Pelicans will beat the Spurs. And then the Timberwolves are going to beat the Pelicans. Um, I think I'm going to go the exact same route as you did. Uh, I don't think that the Clippers-Timberwolves game will be super close. I think it's going to be like a 10-point spread, and I think um, I can see Paul George. Obviously, he's the best player there. I can see him having a really good game or Reggie Jackson having a really good game. Um, how do you feel about Patrick Beverly playing against his former team? You think he's going to ignite some fire, some crazy 
ridiculous. He's gonna want to kill them. Clinic, yeah. He's gonna want to ki- now. Will he? No. Do you think he gets ejected? Good, but... No. 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 I think he stays in the game. I think he keeps his cool. Um, and honestly, I think whether he gets ejected or not could have a big impact on whether the Timberwolves win the game or not. Not just for like encore reasons, because that's obvious enough, but like just as a vet. Because well, really, he's gonna want that, it bad. He's gonna want that win bad. Look at that core. I mean, Anthony Edwards never stepped foot in the, even a play-in game. Carl Anthony Towns might as well have not played in the playoffs because he has that one series against the Rockets, which I don't know. D'Lo has that series against the 76ers. He was uh, very good there. He was very good in Brooklyn. That was mm-hmm. that was uh, Jaden and Jaden McDaniels and Jared Vanderbilt. I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure they haven't played. Uh, maybe Jared Vanderbilt. Has. Well, it would be in that Jimmy Butler but, year. Uh, but really, they've got next to no playoff experience, especially in their top players. So, yeah, no, Patrick Beverly could be big for them. And I think he will. I, I hope so. If the Timberwolves don't make the playoffs, I'm, actually, I'm honestly going to be really upset because they. Totally I don't think they're the making playoffs. this this seven seed game, uh, but I I, I do, no, I do I think they'll make the eight seed, and that they would better. put them against uh, the Suns. The Suns. So, so they'll I, lose in four, but they'll lose in four. At least they'll get four playoff games. I would have honestly really liked to see a Grizzlies Timberwolves playoff series, though. I think I the Grizzlies would. I'm fairly confident in saying the Grizzlies would walk that series, but. I think it'd be more entertaining than the Suns one because the Suns are just simply so much better. But a really interesting one is Clippers Grizzlies as well. I I kind of want to see that one because especially if the, the Clippers are healthy at least up aside from Kawhi, it's gonna be. I'm yeah, not. I can see the I can see world I where the Clippers come out happen. on top. I, I can't can see. see I can it's see possible. the world where the Clippers I come out on top. It. I doubt I it happens, it. but it's possible. I could very see it. possible. I could see it. They had a nice battle with the Suns last year. And sure. that was a that was close, so you know. Um, I wouldn't bank on it though. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um but I think that's that's pretty fair. I, I think that's what most NBA fans would probably predict. Um yeah. but here's where things get a little more uh controversial or I don't know, different. Uh the Eastern Conference now Every single team in this play on play in tournament is very close in record. And um let's start off the Brooklyn versus the Cavs. Um uh, yeah, I think we've all got the Nets here. Yeah. Uh although I need the Cavaliers to make the playoffs as a Pacers fan. Uh if the Cavaliers make the playoffs, the Pacers get their pick for the first round. That was acquired in the Karis LeVert trade, so that would be somewhere around like 15 to 17, right? Or I think it would be the 17th pick. I think it would be the 17th pick if okay. the Cavs made the playoffs. And then if they miss the playoffs, the Cavs get the pick back and the Pacers got nothing from that trade. Uh, which, I mean, if they don't get it, it is what it is because it brightened our future either way, doing that trade. But, uh, yeah, I'm rooting for – I want the Nets and the Cavs to make the playoffs. Um, I'm I'm thinking Brooklyn in the uh, 7-8 game. I think they come out on top there. But then uh, let's talk about who do you think is going to win in the 9-10 uh, game to go against the Cavs? The Hawks. They've yeah. got the experience. They've got the playoff experience. They're gonna, I think they'll win. I think Trey Young is just going to put on an absolute master class of scoring. He's going to have at least 40. I'm yeah, he's so good. But uh, – I can see that. Honestly, I can see that happening, but I think the Hawks will win either way. I still I'm still I still have my reservations with the Hornets. I'm not totally sold on that roster. I'm not totally sold on a few players on that roster, but um no, I, I mean the Hawks just came off a conference finals run, right? So I I'm I I, I wouldn't bet against them, that's for sure. Um I know the Hornets lost to the Pacers last year in the play-in tournament. Uh by a very hefty amount. Yeah. Absolutely massacred by Doug McDermott in that first two quarters. Ridiculous. I'll never forget that. Um, man, I wish Doug McDermott was not on the Spurs. But, um, yeah, uh, I, I think the Cavs are going to get – are going to beat the Hawks. I do not. I do not. 
I, so I, is I Mobley not. will Mobley will be playing right? Mobley will pro- Mobley will be playing. He played already. He's already back. But uh, no, Jared Allen. Uh, Karis Levert is a bad basketball player. Um, yeah, no, I don't think I can't see it happening. First of all, no experience in this setting, which honestly, love. I, I know I've mentioned experience a couple times now, but I do generally think experience is a little overrated. But I think it comes up more in a play-in fashion where it's just a one-off, and you really have to be on it. And the Hawks, I don't know if you remember this, but Trey Young did say at one point that they were bored of the regular season because the playoffs were so much more intense. And he put that down as one of the reasons for their regular season struggles. And what's more intense than a one-off to see if you even make the playoffs or not, right? So the Hawks, yes. I feel like they'll be there to play. Uh, I think it'll be Nets and the Hawks in the playoffs. And the Hawks Heat series, by the way, is going to be very good. If they make it. If they make it. Hopefully that's the Cavaliers making it, but uh, then that's a four-game series. For my sake, yeah. Like I'm, I'm gonna be a Cavaliers fan for the next week. So, um, really Respect rooting it. for them there. I mean, one of those stories in the NBA that was not likely for the Cavs. They were projected to lose or to win like 25 games before this season started. Um, I'm pretty sure. Fun fact tonight: uh, Kevin Love had like 30 points in 14 minutes tonight. I saw that. Like thirty I, and ten or something ridiculous I, I, like that. I saw that. I did <laughs> you get not that Kevin it. Love. You get that Kevin Love in that play-in game. I did not see it when I first saw it. Uh, I, I mean, I did not believe it when I first saw it. I'm like, I look at it and I was just like, just like, wait, did the NBA app not update or something like that? It's crazy. Sorry, it's refresh crazy. the app and I see no. He got thirty-two and ten in not even fifteen minutes. It's crazy. Fourteen minutes and forty-three seconds to get to that. First of all, him just the fact that he launched 16 shots in that time, including 11 threes, is yeah, wild. I, I, I kind of wish I watched that game because I wanted to yeah, see how I'm fast gonna, this I'm, guy I'm, was I'm, shooting I'm, the ball the second he I'm got gonna, it. I'm gonna watch this afterwards. Like I'm possession gonna, I'm by possession this. for Kevin Love. Like, the fact that he's just the fact that in 14 minutes he's even taken 16 shots is wild it's enough. Ridiculous. You'd think he'd for take Kev- half of that. For any, Maybe. I wouldn't. You wouldn't even think he'd take half that. Like, for I think any he'd take player, like six take, shots in fifteen minutes. For, for any player taking a shot a minute, is pretty pretty out there. This guy took more than a shot a minute, and he's a guy coming off the bench. He's Kevin Love. He's not James Harden. He's Kevin Love. And I mean, he made a lot of them. So efficiently, I think it was like ten of sixteen. Yeah, very efficiently. Which is, and 8 of 11 from 3. He even got up 6 free throws in that time. And the 10 rebounds too? 2 yeah, assists? That's... A steal? <laughs> yeah. In 15... Not even 15 minutes? No, that's wild. That's a crazy Whoa. Performance. Okay. I'd like to leave this behind. I have to talk about this right now. Victor Oladipo. We're moving on to the former Pacers watch. Are you ready to hear this? The Miami Heat lost by 14. But listen to this stat line by Victor Oladipo. Okay? Okay. 40 points. Okay. 10 rebounds, 7 Jesus. assists, 2 steals, and he was 13 for 22. That is ridiculous. That is very, impre- very impressive. <laughs> wow. Markel Fultz had 10 and 15. That. I did not expect that. And this guy named Javante Smart, who I've never heard of, never heard of at all, also had 20 points for the Heat. I guess he's a 10 guy. You know this You're guy? casual. Yeah, he played on the Bucks earlier this season, I think. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember he did a jersey swap with Marcus Smart, I think. Nice. I think he did. Nice. Uh, Udon got 20 minutes in this game? Wait, That's what? wild. <laughs> but, um... It's funny. Wow, 40 for VO? Okay. Yeah, that's ridiculous. That is that is probably one of the best games of his career, not going to lie. I don't know. Wise, I, I don't want to, like... You have to think. You have to think. You have to think about what's when this is happening. This is the silly season in the league. Do you remember a few years ago? It was the Grizzlies versus the Trailblazers. It was the if not the last game of the season, uh, or or one of the last games of this season. And Grayson Allen, I swear, Grayson Allen forty points last year at the end of the season. Was it last game of the season? Yeah. Was it last? In the season? Jazz, I think, right? And then he signed with the Bucks this season. 
Grayson Allen? Yeah. Right? Or am I missing something? I'm not sure. Sh- you might, but like the the things that happened at the end of the, this season. Oh, it was uh, it was the Jazz. Yeah, he put up in the, in a game against the Jazz and against the Clippers while he was on the Jazz. He put up forty. Yeah, on thirty shots though. Yeah, it's crazy. And like that—that's the type of stuff that happens at the end of the season. So, how much stock can you really put? So, in that where do you where do you think this ranks among Victor Oladipo's most points scored in a game? Where where do you think it places? Not one. Just a guess. Uh, two. It's third. Third. He scored the... forty today, and then on twenty six in twenty sixteen for the Magic he scored forty five and then in twenty seventeen for the Pacers he scored forty seven. Fair enough. Yeah. So no fifty bombs for VO. No fifty bombs yet and it's unlikely he ever gets one. But Victor Oladipo still claims himself to be the all star he once was. He is not that. Um And which which up... which all star? First all star or second all star? <laughs> First all star. Because those are very different players. Um, let's talk about one last Pacers recap thing. Uh, I'd like to talk about Aaron Holiday, um, potential to win a championship this year and bring home a third championship for the Holiday brothers. I know Justin got one in Golden State, Drew got one last year, and maybe Aaron gets one this year, who knows? Um, but he had 16 points, six rebounds, and seven assists. Uh, was that yesterday or two days ago, Mark? Um, can't put me on the spot like that. Well, it's recently it was recent. It was when uh, it was before Chris Paul was back, I believe, right? It was a little bit ago. Yeah, it was, that's all I can say. Is, is it a little? It wasn't. Was it even this week? Yes. Okay, so it was the start of the week then. But, um, but uh, I think I think instead of worrying about whether Aaron Holiday has a championship ring or not, you should be worrying about whether Aaron Holiday will have an NBA contract next season or not. We'll worry Sorry. about that when the time That's comes. It. You don't gotta disrespect my boy like that. Just kidding. Um, He's not your boy. Aaron got me Isaiah Jackson on my favorite team, so exactly. I'm happy. She's a sacrificial lamb. Um, that that is about it for today. I mean, this was a long episode. Um, and uh, we'll see. To next week, we have to cover the play-in tournament. Um, I believe the first game is on Tuesday. So uh, excited to see what happens in the league. And uh, eventually, we'll predict the playoffs. Um, this has been Sal and Mark, as per usual. And I hope you have a great rest of your evening, afternoon, or morning.